Many of the final pages of Mark's Gospels are spent in the last week of his life while he was in Jerusalem, leading up to what will ultimately be his crucifixion. And of those days, Jesus spent a great deal of them in the temple, teaching and preaching and sending off questions from some of the Jewish authority figures. And having just handled a question from some of the Jewish leaders about where his authority to do these things came from, Jesus said this in Mark chapter 12, beginning with the first verse. And he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a pit for the wine press and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent to them another servant, and they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. And he sent another, and him they killed. And so with many others, some they beat and some they killed, he had still one other, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they were seeking to arrest him, but feared the people. For they perceived that he had told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. This parable that Jesus told is amazing. He tells the whole story of the Bible in just a few verses with this one story. Because as he describes this owner preparing everything to have a fruitful vineyard and leasing it out to tenants, but tenants who just refuse messenger after messenger, ignoring, beating, even killing some of them. He's telling the story of God and humanity, God who created everything, God who had everything ready for us to be able to be fruitful, to produce for him and his glory in this world entrusting that responsibility even to a certain people, to descendants of Abraham, to the people of Israel. Yet they refused to do so. And even after he sent people like Moses to teach them how to be fruitful, even after he sent prophet after prophet to deliver messages from him to warn them, still they refused even beating some of God's messengers, even killing some of God's messengers so that at this moment in history, when his beloved son Jesus was there. And rather than respecting him, rather than recognizing his authority as it was demonstrated by the miracles he performed and the things that he taught and the life that he lived, him, they ultimately sought to kill something that the Jewish leaders were actively planning for Jesus at that very moment, something that would be accomplished within just a few days from Jesus teaching this in that temple. Yet, even as they rejected the beloved son of the owner of everything over God, our creator. Jesus shows that that still had been part of God's plan. In Psalm 118, written centuries before this, God had described that the builders, the Jewish people, the Jewish leaders would reject a stone 
that that would be the stone that God would build everything else around. So Jesus was showing them that that rejection, that insistence on authority, God knew. Whatever authority they might claim for themselves, though it seems to be pretty weak given how scared they were of how the people would react, given how flaky they were to act on what they thought because they felt that their hold on public opinion was so tenuous. Despite all of that, God had allowed for that in his plan. And even though they would reject his son, even though they would kill his son, God would work through that and lift him up to be the one that everything else was built upon. Even though they would stubbornly reject him to their own destruction, it would be the means through which God made a way for others, people like you and me, to be able to become followers of his son and to share in the promises to bear the fruit that God has always wanted from his people. Isn't God amazing like that? He supplies Everything we need to be fruitful. And even when we don't, when we fail to fulfill his purposes for us, he's still so patient. How many of us would have sent more than one messenger after a response like that? It's obviously absurd, but that's what God did. That's how patient God is. That's how loving God is. That's how much God wants for us the joy that comes from being in a right relationship with him, that comes from being fruitful, living our lives for the purpose for which he intended them. And even when we reject that purpose again, again, and again, he gave his own son, knowing that we wouldn't listen to him either, knowing that he would die for the wrongs that we committed, all to give us a chance to get back to what God intended. But that leaves us with a choice. It left the Jewish leaders, the people in Jesus's day with a choice, it confronts all of us with a choice. Will we respect God's son? Will we receive what he has to say? Will we submit to his authority? Will we know Jesus? Will we love Jesus? Will we follow Jesus? Or will we reject him? Will we disregard what he has to say to us? Will we refuse to bear the fruit that God intends for us and continue to insist to try to use the lives that he's given us for our own purposes, to live our lives on our own terms, our own way? As we know who Jesus is, this is the choice that we have to make. Will we continue to refuse God's purposes for us? Or will we submit and follow Jesus? and discover just how incredibly joyful, how incredibly fruitful the life that God wants for us really is.